love your enemies. What an impossible thing to say. Love your enemies. Our enemies are dangerous people frequently. They're people who have hurt us greatly. They've they've sometimes plunged a dagger into our heart. Enemies are sometimes people who will hurt us if we give them the chance. Enemies are people that, oh, it's even more than to forgive. To love them is seemingly supernatural. And it is supernatural. It's really only by the grace of God that we could love our enemies. Begs the question, why is Jesus asking us to love our enemies? And then we'll get to the how. Why is Jesus asking us? Well, Jesus wants us to make it to heaven. And in order to do that, we've got to be like him. We've got to be like God. We're made in God's image and likeness. And in the kingdom of heaven, there's perfection. Perfection in God, perfection in the angels, perfection in all of the people that are there. There is no perfection in the people on earth, but everyone in heaven is now perfect. And everyone in heaven behaves and acts just like God does. And God loves all. God loves everyone in heaven, and God loves everyone on earth. I don't know if his love extends to those in hell, for they have absolutely rejected God's love for eternity. But his love certainly extends to everyone on earth, and that would include you and me. And the thing is, is that Jesus loves us, although we're his enemies. For anyone who commits even a single sin is an enemy of God. For not even the single smallest of sins committed would allow us to enter heaven. In heaven there must be perfection. And so even the smallest of sins, a single sin ever committed, would prevent us from ever getting into heaven. Unless God were absolutely merciful to his enemies, to me and to you. Because in our sins, we're the enemies of God. So if Jesus is going to love us, who are his enemies in our sins, then I guess we have to love others who are our enemies too. And that motivation might be very selfish, just because, well, I want to make it to heaven one day, and I know in order to make it, I have to learn to love everyone. To learn to love the people I like and the people I don't like, and even the people who are very dangerous. I have to learn to love like Jesus loves if I'm going to make it to heaven. So that motivation might initially be very selfish, but it becomes very selfless very quickly. Another reason why we would love our enemies is that holding a grudge or hatred of others leads to misery. It always leads to misery in the person holding the grudge or hating the other. The other person may also be miserable because we're holding a grudge against them or hating on them, etc. But they might also be just bigger than us and say, yeah, so what? Honestly, there are a lot of people who have made it clear to me that they don't like me. But in all honesty and with God's great grace, I don't care. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's, I hope you can get over that because it's not affecting me in the least, but I know it's affecting you. So just very selfishly, we want to get to heaven, so we've got to love like God loves. Very selfishly, we don't want to be miserable, so we need to stop hating or grudging on other people or holding resentments because it makes us miserable. It makes usually them miserable. 
And lastly, failing to love our enemies ultimately does lead to a kind of hatred and acting out on it in some way. And then innocent people get hurt. So take a look at President Putin. Is he going to attack Ukraine? I don't know. But something's going on there, and it's certainly not of God. It's of the enemy. Demons are whispering in his ears, etc. And if he attacks Ukraine, a lot of innocent people are going to get hurt. And so this is where hatred leads. It leads not only just between the two involved, but to innocent people getting hurt too. Just an, an aside on that. This week, pray a rosary, asking the Blessed Virgin Mary to whisper in President Putin's ear to stand down. He goes to sleep like all the rest of us every night. He has his doubts like all the rest of us. Ask her to go to his bedside to whisper in his ear, let it go, stand down. It's not enough for us to go, I hope he doesn't attack, oh well. No, we need to do something, and the thing that we can do is pray. You say, well, I don't like praying to Rosary. Then get over yourself and pick it up and pray it. Especially if we don't like to pray and we do it anyway out of love for God. Then it's even more efficacious. Because God knows we don't like it and we're doing it for sheer love of God and respect of God. So pick up a Rosary this week and pray for the Blessed Virgin Mary's intercession to get Russia to stand down. All right, back to Nathan. Back to my loving of your enemies. How do we do this? It can be almost supernaturally hard just to forgive someone and then to let them go than to actually love somebody who has hurt us so much or would hurt us if we gave them a chance. Which, I should say this, it's not okay to let people hurt us. It's not okay. We do need boundaries. We do need to be able to stand up for ourselves. We do need to admonish sinners, instruct the doubtful, uh, counsel, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, forgive injuries, bear wrongs patiently, console the sorrowful, and pray for the living and the dead. Those are spiritual works of mercy, and we need to be able to do all of those things. But to love our enemy, how do we do that? Some very practical things. One, we have to surrender that to God because that's a supernatural thing. It's not in our nature. It's not in the nature of cats and dogs or birds or reptiles. It's not in our nature either to love those that would harm us. So we ask God to help us with that because it's going to require God's grace. The other thing that we do is we divorce our feelings from love. We, in America, because in the English language, there's only one word for love. We associate love with feeling good. So in America, love mostly means lust. That's why we have a multi-billion dollar pornography industry, is we just lust and lust and lust. And we get confused with love in there. The other is we confuse love with feeling, liking somebody. I like this person, so I, I love them. But God, seeing all of our sins, does he like that in us? Does he, being infinite and we're these finite little ants, does he actually like us? Well, we know he loves us unconditionally. And so love in this form is a higher love. 
In the Greek language, there are five different words for love. And the word that Jesus uses in this passage from Luke in the Greek language is agape. So agape, your enemy, which is the highest form of love. It is, I will die for you, love. I'll die for you not because I love you. I'll die for you just because it's the right thing to do. It's the selfless love, the love of the saints. St. Teresa of Calcutta. In the 1940s, she starts going into the streets of Calcutta in India, teeming with people into these ghettos. And in these ghettos, there's no plumbing whatsoever. So there are no faucets in people's homes to wash their hands. The street, which is just a dirt alley, no wider than these little aisles right here, are just filled with garbage and urine and feces. There's actually little streamlets of this sewage going down there. And if a woman has five children and three of them make it to adulthood, child mortality would have been extremely high. But if three of them made it to adulthood, maybe two of them kind of could make their way as adults, and a third would fall between the cracks. And then they'd get sick, as everyone does, especially when you have urine and feces and garbage lying around all over the place and you can't wash your hands or bathe. People get sick. And they get sick and they just start dying and they start dying in the street. And there's nobody to take them in. People might even be frightened. If I take them in, they could infect the family and we'll all get sick and die. So they just die in the street. And she heard Jesus tell her to go into the streets and to clean these people up and give them a dignified death. And so that's what she did. She'd go into the street, she'd find a dying person in a, lying on the road or the side of the street, people walking all around them. And she'd kneel down next to them and she would hug them and love them and start dragging them off to a place where she could get them cleaned up and put them in a bed and let them die with respect. And in the process, she would get their bile and their urine and their feces and their sweat and their blood and all of that all over. Why did she do it? Because she liked doing that? She didn't even know them. She did it for pure love. And love of them or love of God? And it was the love of God. She loved God so much that she could love total strangers and do incredible things for them. She could even love those who might be her enemies. Just as Jesus from the cross loved the people who put him on the cross. And from that bird's eye view of him looking down on his mother and other disciples at his feet and the soldiers and everyone else, he wanted nothing but their salvation for everyone. For Judas who betrayed him, for the high priest who condemned him, for the soldiers who murdered him. Nothing but a desire to save him. Loving his enemies. Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes, and this is Luke's version of the Beatitudes that we hear a little more succinctly in Matthew's Gospel. So be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be perfect? I mean, in my, you know, childhood idea of perfect, I would be like, you know, 
I would be Superman. I'd be six foot two with that dark hair and blue eyes and super strong and flying around perfect. I mean, but what does he mean by perfect? He means be like God. Be God-like. This is the great commandment. Be God-like. And loving our enemies is part of being perfect. It's part of being like God. One other thing, a couple of other things that help, is that for Teresa of Calcutta, she could see Jesus in every one of these dying people. We can see Jesus even in our enemies. That, that soul, whoever that man or woman is, they too are a child of God. And I don't know what their background was. Maybe as a child they were beaten or molested or neglected. I don't know. I don't know why they're the way they are. But I, I know that Jesus is commanding me to love them. To protect myself from them, perhaps. But to love them as Jesus loves me, a sinner and an enemy of Christ. Lastly, this. Outrage. In, say, the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. 30 years, maybe. Outrage has become this big money-making theme in our country. So we know that pornography is addictive. That's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry. But so is outrage. So when we turn on talk radio or cable TV or read the headlines in the newspaper or the headlines on a news website, it's designed to make us feel outraged. Whatever it might be. Russia might attack Ukraine or critical race theory or I don't know. You fill in the blank. I mean, it's like a hundred different things to get your blood to boil, to get us mad. Why? Because it sells. If there's a headline that grabs our attention and gets us fired up, we're more likely to come back to the headline again or to read more or to watch more or to listen more. It's all a hook, a hook and bait. So this is how we can love our enemies. Turn down the volume. Or just turn it off? Do we need to listen to the talk radio show that's just going to get our blood to boil? We can know what the news is in like a 30-second glance in the morning looking at the news headlines. Now we know. We know what the news is for the day. We'll look again tomorrow, but that's it. Do we need to keep watching cable TV and get our blood to boil? Do we need to keep surfing the internet, reading and watching more videos? Or do we need to just back off and calm down and let God's grace just fill us and have some silence and some peace in our life and learn to love, learn to love ourselves, learn to love the people that are easy to love, and ultimately learn to love even our enemies. But by the grace of God, we can do it. We can do it. And when we do it, we become like God. We become another Jesus. And the whole world benefits. The people in our life benefit. And the people we've never met that we despise benefit. And the innocent benefit. We all benefit. So today, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, Ask God for His grace.
to help us to forgive and to love even our enemies.